Welcome to this week's edition of the Pete Mazzetti Show. I'm Pete Mazzetti. My guest this evening is Glenn Longarini, who's the executive director of the CASCIAC. Sir. Pleasure to hey see buddy. you, Pete. Thanks for having How me. How are you? Things are going well. Yeah. We're excited to be back. Great I know. school year off. Uh, everybody's out playing, and uh, we're we're almost back to normal here. It's Pete. been a while. Yeah. Been a, been a while. I haven't been able to, to uh, get in. I think we, uh, you know, saw you one time last year, just yeah. as we were uh, starting to take the masks off. Exactly. So, uh, you know, it's it's good to enter into a sports season without having to, you know, put out a 30-page COVID document. So. <laughs> oh, trust me. I'm sure you're glad it's over. Absolutely. So what's new with CIAC? Things are going real well right now. We're off to a great fall season. You know, we, we've been blessed with good weather oh, yeah. uh, as we've started out. So, uh, you know, our kids have been out, uh, been active, getting back on the uh, on the fields, uh, having some very competitive matchups right now. We're excited uh, for moving forward into our tournament time. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, as we get towards the end of October into November, hard to believe we're going to be in October at the end of this week, yep, uh, you I know. know, four weeks into uh, our, our seasons already. Yep. Uh, you know, the school year, we're, we're almost halfway through that first marking period already. Uh, so things are go going very well. Uh, you know, people have been watching football a little bit too. We've had some early alliance matchups, okay. uh, which have, uh, you know, pitted some people from uh, across the state by uh, kind of record and by school size together. We've seen some great matchups with that as well. So it's been a wonderful start to the year, Pete. Absolutely, and think things are probably just going to go up from here. You know, we expected and, and we hope that, as you said, you know, th things are going well. Um, we're really excited with uh, things like boys soccer, girls soccer. Uh, we just signed a uh, three-year extension to be at Trinity Health Stadium uh, where the Hartford Athletic plays. Yep. So, you know, what a beautiful facility uh, out there. We continue to look and search for uh, venues that are either professional quality or college level venues to bring our state championships to. We, we just think it's a great experience whenever we can uh, to expose our student athletes uh, to the college environment. Try to promote that career and college pathway that really is an education-based philosophy in, in what we do in uh, interscholastic experiences. Now is the Trinity Health Stadium really as nice as it seems? I've only seen it on television. It, it is, and, is it, and it? it's going to be even more dynamic this year. Uh, last year when we played there, we were uh, just getting to, uh, they, they were just having the final um, pieces of their video board installed. Okay. Uh, so as we come out this year, we're excited that the package that we have with them will include use of the video board. Again, it's just going to be a, a great experience for our kids and our fans. Uh, out at that stadium. The, the folks over uh, at the Hartford Athletic uh, yep. and uh, at Trinity Health Stadium are just great to work with, wonderful group of professionals, uh, and it's going to be great to, to offer that facility to our kids. Now, from what I understand, there's a shot clock rule. That's going to be coming in the winter. So I as heard. we, uh, you know, when, when we tip off basketball this year, yep. Uh, it will be the last season that we're playing without a shot clock yeah. uh, requirement. And then when we get to the 23-24 year, that's when we'll have uh, the shot clock implemented. So, uh, Pete, that was a great process yeah. that, that we went through. And I think, you know, given, given viewers and the public an understanding of this, it really speaks to how uh, CIAC operates when proposals come in. Okay. So uh, that proposal uh, came to the basketball committee to implement a shot clock. It was brought out a committee vetted with athletic directors and high school coaches, boys and girls coaches across the state. Okay. The initial feedback came back with a lot of concern about how this would look and the cost impact 
uh, with doing this at the freshman JV and varsity level. Mm -hmm. So with that feedback, the committee looked at it, the proposal was redesigned to be required at the varsity level only, but may be implemented uh, at the sub-varsity levels if schools agree on, upon that before the game. Sure. With that, went back out to membership, and this time we went to our member school principals, because there is gonna be a small fiscal impact to this. You know, okay. it, it'll be about $2,000 to uh, install, purchase and install the, the shot clocks. Okay. Um, and then, you know, whatever you're paying an individual uh, as a game worker, as a um, score uh, clock operator, as yep. a score book um, uh, official, that'll be about the same cost probably for the um, shot clock operator. So there'll be a small financial impact there. So we did ask each of our member school principals to cast one vote per school. Uh, came back overwhelming, uh, you know, to uh, to support that. Uh, so we'll have that implemented 23-24 year. Uh, you know, interesting note with that too, the National Federation of High Schools, uh, which we use all of their rules mm -hmm. as the governing rules of our sports, uh, this was not part of their rule set prior to this year. Really? So the NFHS uh, modify that, that states can adopt the shot clock and still be compliant with NFHS rules starting mm -hmm. with this season. Prior to that rule change, only 11 states in the country used the shot clock. Right. Since that rule change, when we adopted it a few weeks ago, we were the 11th state to adopt it since that rule change. So now oh, you have wow. 22 states that will be using it. Uh, so, you know, there was this myth and misconception out there that Connecticut was way behind the times. Yep and not having a shot clock. But, you know, the, the facts were there, there were only 11 states that used it prior to the NFHS rule change. And now in the past year, we're seeing, uh, you know, 11 more come on board and we expect even more than that in the, uh, throughout this year to adopt it for the subsequent years. Absolutely. And fun fact, the executive director of NFHS was you before you were executive director of CIAC. Right, so, you know, not me, <laughs> thank God, you know, but that was, uh, oh. yeah, Car Carissa Niehoff, Dr. Absolute. Niehoff. Absolutely, uh, Was Great my person. predecessor here in Connecticut. Uh, she certainly uh, set the stage and in, is in big shoes to fill. So, you know, I try to live up to her legacy uh, every day, but Carissa being in the position she's in mm -hmm. is always available as a resource uh, for me to give a call to and uh, and talk things through with, and uh, we're, no, we're just so proud of uh, to have Carissa leading the country uh, up at the National Federation and has done an outstanding job. So tell us a little bit about how the National Federation and the CIAC work together. Yeah, so the National Federation is, is the group of all high school state athletic associations. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's, there's one in every state, right? So uh, it's, not, it's not like there's a lot of us out there. But uh, so having the federation there uh, to, to bring us together and look at uh, policy, recommended policy, look at sporting trends uh, is extremely valuable to, to us. And also their work with professional organizations, their proximity and partnerships with the NCAA, mm -hmm. uh, their offices in Indianapolis are actually connected with the NCAA buildings. So it creates a nice pathway of conversation and pathway for kids as we're going from the high school level uh, for that small percentage. You know, again, you're looking at six, seven percent of high school athletes that move on to play mm -hmm. at the collegiate level. But uh, you know, they really provide a lot of good information of how to make that. Uh, transition, good resources uh, for us and good resources for kids. Now, as far as last time you and I were together, we both had masks on and we were both talking about masks 
with the sporting venues and the sporting going out and supporting your local sports. Now, how has things been since you and I last sat down together? Obviously, yeah. we're both unmasked, so things might must we, be going well. We are, and you know, <laughs> hard to believe it's less than a year, Pete. I you know. know, and uh, so you know, we were uh, we were able to to take masks off towards the end of the winter season. Yep. Uh, last year, and you know, it, things went very well, as you know, uh, throughout COVID. Mm -hmm. uh, we worked with the uh, CSMS Sports Medicine Committee very closely uh, to make sure that we were staying uh, up to date with uh, their recommendations. And the Department of Health yep. uh, was a tremendous uh, resource from uh, you know Commissioner Juthani. Uh, right now, once she uh, when she stepped on board as well, uh, she picked right up where our partnership was with Commissioner Gifford, uh, and Commissioner Juthani was always available uh, and and really. Uh, we had a, a wonderful working partnership to get us from that transition of uh, wearing masks to being able to compete without masks. We maintain a very low transmission rate all throughout uh, COVID and provided safe experiences for kids and sports. And you know, we're, we're better for it now. I think even on the side where we are now, listen, we're back in schools, we're not wearing masks. Yep. Uh, but this is the first time we really haven't been masks in schools in almost two years where we're going into a winter season, right? right. Uh, so we do expect some respiratory illness to be there. We do expect to, you know, maybe see some things that we haven't seen uh, in the past year because we were mass at this time. But I think we're better equipped and, and have a better understanding because of those experiences to work through it, get our kids back on uh, the floor and fields quickly and keep them engaged in their extracurricular activities. Now, as far as CIAC spectators for sporting events, things are going Things are going well. Being a spectator, sitting at a football game, you know, Pete, things are always challenging, but Absolutely. but I think are going well. We're we're seeing again good creativity and innovation around the state. Uh, one of the things that CIAC did several years back was create a program called the Class Act Program, okay. and the the idea of this Class Act Program was that each school would create uh, groups of students that would be their class act student leaders, mm -hmm. and and kind of build the expectations of good sportsmanship from uh, what we were seeing on the field to what we were seeing in the stands to the way that your schools can engage with communities. Right. And that class act uh, program, you know, I think is a great example of where, when our schools are able to bring student leadership voice into uh, the expectations where we see peers follow along. And, and we've seen some good examples where, um, you know, when comments happen or when things happen that really shouldn't, uh, that we see some kids policing themselves, we yep. see, um, you know, parents policing themselves, um, and and that's important. Words matter. We ran a PSA campaign last year as well. Yes, you did. On the importance of words, right? And not only you know can negative words negatively impact, but positive words can positively impact. So right. that goes both ways. We've seen the FC Act this year institute a um, no names, no numbers policy, where you know they have a uh, they're encouraging uh, all of their schools, and we've seen some signs. Uh, up as well where you know it's just a reminder to the people in the stands can't call out a player's name can't call out a player's number you know keep it positive it's you're, you're not there to detract and have a negative influence uh, on game so a lot of effort is going into creating a positive environment for kids and it, it really is important people We're, you know we dealt with so much and mental health is such a a major topic and an issue right now we really need to be doing everything we can 
to create positive environments and experiences for kids. Absolutely, and I'm like like you said, being a spectator, you got to be respectable of the sales. No calling out players' names, numbers. Be respectable and have a more importantly, have a good time at the games. Right. You know, cheer for your team, not against your opponents. Exactly. Ex exactly. Exactly. So. What are we in week four of football season, I believe? Football season starting week four right now. Again, some great games early uh, in, in these first three weeks. We've seen some incredible uh, matchups and, and some upsets, uh, you know, some great finishes uh, that, that we have. I think, uh, you know, Southington's finish going for two on the yep. last play of the game. Uh, you know, just just very exciting. We and, and it's just seen some great stuff. But. And I think what's what's great this year as well is, um, you know, we talked earlier about the shot clock, mm -hmm. but another proposal that came in from the Connecticut High School Coaches Association last year was to increase the number of divisions that we have in football. Uh, so we have six divisions in football this year. Yeah. Uh, that proposal came from the Connecticut High School Coaches Association. Again, vetted out with our member schools. Tremendous support. Um, you know, nearly 90% of, uh, of coaches supported instituting the uh, six divisions. So that was adopted uh, into uh, this year's playoff format. So even though there's been you know, some great games and some upsets where we had four divisions and a team with one or two losses uh, you know, early in the season may feel defeated, like they didn't really have an opportunity to get into the playoffs after that. Right. That's not the case anymore. With six divisions, it's spread out. We're gonna see some eight and two teams. We will see some seven and three teams finding their ways into playoff scenarios. And so, you know, I, I think it's a great opportunity that we're gonna get more kids playoff experiences, uh, and, and it's never a bad thing to, to give those kids those opportunities. Lenny, would you mind sticking around for another segment? Be happy to. All right, we'll be right back. You matter. You matter. You matter. And your words matter too. Your words matter. What you say in the hallways at school or in the student section at a game matters. Words can be hurtful. Words can be offensive. Words can leave scars. Words can also inspire. Support and uplift. You and your words. Are they both important? As, As a matter of fact, fact yes. yes. Community TV, your neighborhood TV. Publicly funded and a reliable partner for cable companies nationwide. It provides transparent coverage of local and state government, education, and public programming. A digital town green that can be watched anywhere, anytime, and on any device. Watch us on today's high-tech distribution methods. Community TV in Connecticut. Local. Unfiltered. Reliable. And, and yours. yours. Welcome back to this week's edition of the Pete Mazzetti Show. I'm Pete Mazzetti sitting here with Glenn Longarini from the CIAC. Glenn, welcome back. Thanks. Thanks, Great. bud. So, Glenn, let's, let's open up this segment talking about heat illness. Yeah, you know, um, important topic, and we've seen some legislation over the past couple of years, and as of July 1st of this year, yeah. you know, all that legislation is in full effect. And so two important pieces of that. One, every school is required to have an emergency action plan uh, for all of the sites in which they participate. And, and this is, again, just, just awareness and understanding if a tragic event happens, um, how can we respond to that? And, you know, great example for you, uh, there, a couple years ago, um, there was a, a basketball game going on. Uh, an official had a cardiac incident in that game. And because the school had an emergency action plan that was in place, 
they were able to, to stop the game, clear the gym, get the, uh, in the meantime, get the AED uh, hooked up to the individual and before paramedics arrived and it saved that, uh, that official's life. So having that emergency action plan really can make a tremendous difference. In this case, you know, we, we think that it, it absolutely contributed to saving that person's life. Wow. Um, we also have heat illness. Okay. And, you know, heat illness is another uh, place that legislation has gone into full effect this year. So uh, heat illness, heat stroke, we read about tragic situations from across the country, you know, all the time of, you know, somebody that has uh, died, an athlete that has died uh, from experiencing heat stroke. Right. And that is an illness that is 100% survivable if it is detected and treated quickly. And so what the Connecticut legislation has done is put requirements in place for knowing and understanding the signs, symptoms of heat illness, and then the immediate um, response and protocols for treating with that. What CIAC has stepped in to do and help our member schools is we've worked with the Corey Stringer Institute and the Connecticut Association of Athletic Trainers and the Connecticut State Medical Society Sports Med Committee to develop protocols around uh, heat illness education, recognition, and treatment. We've also provided all of our member schools with cold water immersion tubs. We did that project two years ago. All right. So everybody has uh, the equipment that they need to be able to treat heat illness. Mm -hmm. In partnership with the National Federation of High Schools that we mentioned in, in segment one, yep. they provided Connecticut with 20 wet bulb globe thermometers. Those are thermometers that are used to measure heat index huh? that can tell us based on the zone that we live in uh, in Connecticut, um, whether or not it's safe for our kids to be out on the field and participating or if we need to institute more water breaks, there's a great um, um, kind of chart that goes with, with reading what that thermometer reading says and then how we should act. Um, so we got 20 of those devices from the NFHS. The CIAC purchased an additional 125 uh, of those that we were able to distribute out to our member schools. Uh, so every member school um, that has reported to us that they needed one of those devices have it. Uh, some of our schools already had them. Uh, so again, it was an opportunity to make sure every school you know, regardless of, of resources, have the, the gold standard of heat illness uh, treatment, heat illness education, and heat illness of prevention, because that's an injury that is, again, it's 100% survivable. Absolutely. And, and so we don't want to see one of those in, uh, in Connecticut. So, you know, we're proud to partner with the Corey Stringer Institute, the Connecticut Association of Athletic Trainers, and the CSMS Sports Med Committee to, to get that to our schools. Now, what is the Corey Stringer Institute? Corey Stringer, I tell you, that, that might be another great segment for you, okay. JP. Uh, the, the Corey Stringer Institute is located uh, at the University of Connecticut, okay. um, and they, do, they are the premier research uh, facility on heat illness. Um, they also do a lot of work with uh, athletic trainers and athletic training uh, services as well. Uh, you know, Corey Stringer was a uh, professional football player yep. who died of heat stroke, so uh, in his namesake, this, um, this uh, institute exists to, again, help prevent uh, others from, uh, from having that same tragic uh, ending because of heat illness, because it is survivable. So uh, the, the team up there uh, at the Corey Stringer Institute are great partners. Um, you know, we, we are fortunate to have them right here 
uh, and Connecticut and, and really fortunate to have their willingness to work with uh, CIAC and, and help us provide the very best in care for our student athletes. Now, last time you and I were together, we talked about the winter sports season and the basketball tournament up at Mohegan Sun. How'd, how'd that go? Basketball tournament was outstanding. It's, it's, you know, it's always one of the, uh, you know, one of, I think one of the marquee events uh, of the year. When, when you have a facility like that, and, and it's really, the facility itself, as you know, is outstanding, yeah, Pete. Absolutely. Um, but it's not the facility that makes the experience. It's no. the people behind it. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Tom Cantone and his team at Mohegan Sun, sure. uh, th there's just not a better group of people, you know, to work with. And, and it's a world-class facility because there's world-class people there. I believe last year it was named uh, the top indoor arena uh, in the, uh, uh, in the country so, again. Yeah. Uh, so his team continues to, uh, to just put out incredible experiences uh, up there and they are great community partners uh, with us. Uh, in fact, uh, we have such a great experience there that we're bringing a new event to Mohegan Sun. Uh, December 27th this year will be a CIAC showcase event. Uh, we have two teams from um, Connecticut Boys and Girls. So we're going to have, uh, let's see if I, can, if I can remember the teams here, Pete. We have uh, on the boys' side, we have, uh, I believe it's East Catholic, and we have uh, Windsor High School, okay. uh, who will be playing the top um, uh, public school and private school from Rhode Island. Wow. And then we have uh, Holy Cross High School on the girls' side and Hamden High School on the girls' side. There you go. Uh, that will be playing the top uh, private and public uh, school from, uh, from Rhode Island on that side. So we're excited to bring this oh, Connecticut cool. Rhode Island showcase uh, to Mohegan Sun and the Mohegan Sun Arena. That's going to be you know, right there in that holiday week, to Tuesday, December 27th. Okay. Uh, great time for people to, uh, to come out, enjoy the incredible... Uh, facility at Mohegan Sun and, and see some great basketball and support the Connecticut teams. Now, how'd, how'd the idea of that come about? That's been something that's been uh, actually talked about for, for quite a long time. Okay. Um, you know, I think that may even date back prior to, uh, to Mike Savage, who was the executive director before Carissa. Okay. Uh, and, you know, really looking at ways that we can tie into some of our uh, New England neighbors and, and have, uh, you know, some showcase events. Uh, so as this kept, you know, kept talking about last year, uh, we invited the executive director from Rhode Island uh, to come out there in our CIAC championships uh, so just to see the arena, see what it looks like as yeah. we're, uh, you know, playing our events. Uh, so he, he was able to come up uh, for, for the day on Saturday and uh, saw some, just some great games and, uh, you know, saw the experience and, and thought, yeah, that this would be good for, for Rhode Island kids to be part of as well. So... You know, that's just the start, playing two boys games, two girls games. We may be able to grow that uh, in the future. We may be able to grow it to other states as well. So, uh, again, we have great partners that at Mohegan Sun. So uh, if we have opportunities we can give kids, we're, we'd love to take advantage and do that. Now, how many towns do you guys participate with in the, in the state of Connecticut? Oh, so we have 184 member schools. Okay. Um, you know, there are some towns that have... Uh, multiple, multiple high schools in yep. the same district. I believe we have 169 um, school districts yep. in Connecticut. Um, we will see we'll see that shrink slightly. We do know that uh, you know out in the uh, out in the Berkshires, there's um, uh, two schools in 2024 
that we'll be uh, combining to form a new regional uh, school district. So really? we'll shortly, you know, see region, uh, region 20 come into effect. So we'll drop down to 168 school districts uh, and we'll, we'll and uh, CIEC membership will drop by one because those two, two right. schools are combined. But, um, you know, it's, uh, it's a nice state where, you know, it's a small state, Pete, so yeah. it's, it's not, we don't face some of those, you know, really significant issues like, you know, let's say, you know, two hour, you know, plane rides to yeah, get somewhere, uh, if yeah. you're, you know, if you're playing out in the islands in Hawaii or you're playing in Alaska or, you know, you're trying to run a state championship in Texas where, you know, it, it's a little bit further. I mean, in, in Connecticut, we're fortunate that, you know, you could be playing for a state championship or to have two teams come together and play. You know, we're basically two hours border to border, you know, in a drive in Connecticut. So it's nice to to have everybody uh, in an area that that we can play some some great games and have some great championship events and uh, be big enough where we can really have uh, a big impact on people, but be small enough that we can provide outstanding experiences. Absolutely. And if people want more information on the CIAC, they can go to the website and everything everything's there, I'm assuming. It's all right there. So just CIACsports.com. Uh, love to see, uh, again, people come out to the game, support your local schools, uh, especially as we're back and, and we have uh, good attendance now. So please come out, support the kids, support your schools. It makes a tremendous difference to those players. And more, more importantly, be respectable. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. that's it. Cheer for them. Absolutely. We got a little bit more time, but before we, before we forget and before we say goodnight and I forget, a mutual friend of ours was here recently. That's right. You know, Pete, I think that's why I haven't been on your show as much as I was in the past. Because you know, I, I poached one of your great employees there, and yes. you know, we took uh, Christy Kaminsky yes. over to uh, to Cass and, and CIAC, <laughs> and uh, so your loss was certainly our gain and the gain for people around the around the state. And uh, Christy has produced some outstanding uh, work for us at, at CIAC. We're incredibly fortunate and lucky to have her talents. And from what I hear. Pete Mazzetti had something to do with that. So Pete Mazzetti is actually still waiting for his French benefit of a thank you from either Christy. <laughs> you know, you know I, I didn't want to say that. That was the whole interview. You know, every question we asked, she just said, well, Pete Mazzetti taught me everything I know. And, and that was it. We said, you're hired. Right there you there. go. Right Glenn there. Longarini from CIAC. Thanks for some time. We'll thank see you, you soon. Appreciate you got it. On behalf of Glenn Longarini, I'm Pete Mazzetti. Thanks, Kenneth. We'll see you next time.